Yeah, I mean, I when I'm stressed, I go to Tana's uh, OnlyFans that I bought in the previous episode. So, um, <laughs> and then and then and then I do what I do best: manual labor. All right, guys, welcome okay. back to the Raisin Brand episode three. I'm here with Max. How are you doing, Max? I'm doing really. Damn, I forgot. I forgot a spoon. Hang on, I have to find a spoon. Ah! Oh my gosh, guys. Look, I got some new cereal. I got um, Crave. I'm trying out this new cereal called Crave Chocolate. What cereal do you have, Max Smith? Uh, it's granola, granola something. Uh, I think it's Mr. Jordan's. Jordan's granola. Okay, okay it's good. It's good. And some almond milk. Ooh. Guys, so, you know what I thought would be kind of fun for this episode, Max? Yeah. Like, I kind of want this episode to be kind of like a get to know us podcast. Like, I feel like on YouTube and Instagram, especially TikTok, Max is so fake and we don't really know who he is. So <laughs> I'd like love to really use this time to really get to know each other. So I guess I created some icebreaker questions. So it's not really about like anything specific, but do you want to share with the audience like something that you're working on? I saw in your story you posted Max, Clement and Co. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, but can I just also say that you probably know more about me than I do about you? Can we just agree on that? I don't really know you all that well. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, as I've said before, I do three things. One is I work at a big corporate firm. Two is I make videos for myself. Three is um, I consult brands on the TikTok stuff. So Clemenco is just a rebrand of the kind of ad hoc agency consultancy that I've been doing. And I decided to make it pretty because it wasn't pretty before. And then the clients were like, well, why the fuck does it look so bad in their heads? Because I, I, I saw that. Um, so I contacted a brilliant designer that, that I know. And I was like, okay, man, um, make, make me look, make me look good. And he was like, okay, say less. And then in a, in a month of, uh, of hard work, here we go. A watermelon oh. logo. Wait, is that why you got plastic surgery? To make yourself look better? No, no, actually. You know what? Always, you, you said it was getting to know you podcast. You didn't say it was a roast podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. It looks so cute. If you guys don't know what I'm saying, it's basically a red logo with like a K that looks like really cool. Like, I don't Sorry, know. Sorry, the really color is well watermelon pink. The color is watermelon mm -hmm. pink. Thank you. So that's what you've been working on, just creating that UX for your agency. Is that correct? Is there anything else you're up to personally? Um, I mean, that was that was kind of pretty huge lately. And um, another thing is, like, I took on quite a bit of work, and I'm just kind of um, trying to figure out how to how to do it efficiently, and trying to learn to um, uh, delegate. That's so exciting! I'm like, so excited for your TikTok agency. I think it's going to be awesome. It is already awesome. Just now it also looks. <laughs> so, Max, because, like, I don't want to just talk about me. Like, do you want to ask me, like, what I've been up to? Uh, not really. I'm actually not interested at all. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. I'll just interview okay. you. Okay. For, the <laughs> for the sake of the listeners, Jade Dhamawangza, what have you been up to lately? Fuck you. Um, so yeah, guys, I said this in the introduction, but I am a founder of a YouTube agency. So we make videos for brands. The second thing I do is I make videos for myself, similar to Max. You copied my whole thing. Are you a Ukrainian man? 
and the third thing that I do is I surf. So, um, no, I'm not copying you. You don't do anything other than work. I surf too. Yes. One of the biggest things I'm working on is launching um, a channel for this brand. I can't really say who, but it's really one of the top e-commerce softwares. And I'm really excited. Um, so that's happening. I'm also launching a course, not like my course, but it's a part of this like series that I'm launching for this brand. And then um, I just, you know, onboarded two more people to my team, which puts my team officially at 17 team members, which is insane. I didn't think I could like do that. Um, so I'm really just trying to make content, also manage people. It's really honestly so fun, but really busy as well. You, you pay them too? Or... Um, it's for their like because that's also a fair exchange like experience resume stuff portfolio stuff just no they're not paid that's cool but oh did i tell you i got a lot of share for that like which i understand so i posted my summer internships last two months ago and i got a lot of hate that. that i wasn't paying my interns yeah i was getting a lot of lot of hate and i just wanted to talk about it because i feel like um i don't know like i feel like i don't need to explain myself but i just want to make this like super clear a lot of people said i was discriminating I get, the people I'm only hiring are like middle class and above and I'm basically discriminating people that are lower income and like below which totally makes sense to me uh and 100 percent and like the my like literally there's nobody that enters a company that if they have financial issues if they can't do their work because of that there's no like there has never been an issue of us providing for them. Most often or not like we talk to our interns like what do we need like what do you need and not every problem is solved with financials. People sometimes want to learn. And just to just to kind of uh, just to caveat this, like also, the United Nations has unpaid internships, and most of their positions are unpaid in the beginning. Which, actually, I think they should be more accountable of that um, than obviously you, which is you are like an agency that doesn't know anything to anyone. But the UN, which is supposed to be for kind of peace, equality, and stuff, they don't pay. Oh, really? Person. Yeah, so so don't worry, don't worry about that. Don't you worry. Okay, but, but yeah, also but the right, next like, comment. Different, sorry, different people need, need different stuff, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, and also, like, it, I am right. I, I'm 24, and like, uh, you know, I'm like max and whatnot. But like, I would, I would intern for free for you. Really? For like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, I would be, I would learn a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, also, sorry, enough about this conversation, because I did, if you guys want to see it, it's on my YouTube comments, like people were like roasting me, which I understand. I genuinely read all of them because I wanted to make well, sure. Now I'm you know not... how I feel on this podcast. Now you know how I feel. You feel like I'm slaving you? Constantly roasted and questioned. Oh, Max. Okay, sorry. Keep keep going. Okay, keep okay. going. Keep going. Right. You should be used to that by now, though. Okay, no, I'm joking. Um, so... Um, no, 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 the last comment that someone did say was like, Jade, like, this is the funniest thing, though. They're like, Jade, <laughs> like, why can't you pay your interns? Like, that's extremely, like, selfish of you. And, like, they basically were, I think I forgot the comment exactly, but it was basically implying that I'm super rich and loaded and I have a ton of cash. And I was just like, guys, literally in my videos, I always say I'm broke. Like, I genuinely make videos where I'm like, that's why I don't do income reports. Like, I'm not that sleazy entrepreneur that, like, drives a Porsche. Like, do people think I, if I was a startup with a ton of money, I would 100% pay my interns. But, like, I, I don't even know if I portray this on YouTube. But, like, literally, like, I don't know where, why people think I'm, like, I have, my, like, my net worth online apparently is, like, $400 million. Like, I don't know where people are getting this. Like, <laughs> if I had the money, I would. Trust me. $400 million? Wow. No, $14 million, Sorry, $14 million. I'm like, where are people getting these numbers? I'm like, I'd like to know. That's crazy. Well, I mean, uh, like if you, 
if you oh no wonder i paid for tana's only fans the other day <laughs> okay <laughs> you know what you pay <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I told my audience this, but maybe I didn't tell, like, my friends this. But, like, I literally went to zero last year. Like, zero. I'm, like, not even joking. Zero. Because I had to owe the government. Um, Suddenly, like, they asked for, like, $10,000 in taxes. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have that money. So, like, yeah. Like, I've I've definitely know what it's like to, like, hit rock bottom. And thankfully, oh, the government probably bailed you out. They probably bailed <laughs> you out along with, as, along with all those banks. Well, the people got nothing, Jade. No, nothing. I took and a companies loan. I like yours, moved. companies, corporations like yours, they got everything. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah. I literally took a loan to pay off my taxes last year, not going to lie. Okay, yeah. with that being said, I'm actually doing a lot better now. But yeah, I definitely have hit. Have you ever hit like zero? Like, wait, when was your last time you hit like you felt like you hit rock bottom in life? Like, have you felt like you hit that yet or like not yet? I wouldn't say that I have because I have a pretty conventional kind of, I guess, you know, elite jobs types career. So oh, that's true. I haven't really done that, but I'm, I probably will in the next quarter. <laughs> Dude, are we really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By, by the way, things are looking. Yeah. Wait, we actually though? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, I generally oh. don't like my, my savings are kind of weird, uh, because I, I do have some, but I, uh, but I'm considering, uh, taking them out and investing them. Um, but yeah, but I don't know. People think my parents are rich. Like, literally, like, if I went to zero or, like, if I if shit hit the fan, like, I would literally be screwed. Like, I don't have a savings. So, yeah, I learned the concept of savings recently. Yeah, I mean, savings has become a kind of a, a quite a boring conversation, right? I mean, savings used to be absolutely kind of pr prominent and normal thing to do, kind of conventional thing to do few decades ago now it's completely different and we see that with uh, actually coronavirus and what it's doing to to people and businesses like no one had a cash cushion like everyone just yeah. assumes that things are going to be fine and sometimes they're not but i'm also i'm also like quite a bad saver i'm a decent though like i, I i'm not an overspender for sure like i don't need shit for real hey, yeah. that's what's the most expensive the most expensive, what's the most thing? expensive thing you got recently recently Mm -hmm. Um, let me think. Let me think. Actually, probably this ring, this the the Aura sleep ring. You're bougie. I'm, I'm showing it to you. Uh, yeah, you're bougie, well, man. I mean, yeah, it's a device. I justified it like, okay, my sleep. Um, what's the value of my sleep? Humongous. What's the value of this ring? Unjustifiably humongous, but it was okay. That Andrew, said, yesterday like it? was an all nighter for me. Um. I like it, but it doesn't actually put me to sleep. Like I wish it would just like knock me out at twelve somehow. Just bro, it's a ring. It's a ring, not a like medication. Okay, okay, but that's what people said about uh, like phones before when Steve Jobs said that it, it, it will play video. People said no, it's a phone. But guess what? Look at where we are now. <laughs> okay, okay, so anyways, like you're saying, I interrupted you. Anyways, yeah, what? no, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't spend that much. That said, like I'm, I'm never kind of chasing discounts and like value purchases and bargains like i don't have that gene in me at all like really if, yeah if i see something that i like i don't care all that much and it can be the most ridiculous thing but at the same time i i don't really like things very often that i like really want to get and it's usually nothing do you, luxury, want, it's just like do you peculiar. like me like me yeah but I already have you you know <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to scream. I love you. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Okay, so you uh, like yeah. you like things that they're not expensive. I feel like I'm pretty expensive, but it's fine. You can keep going. Yeah, no, as in, as in, for example, there is a, a book that I really want, and there is a Kindle version of it for like six pounds, but there is a hardback for like 37 pounds, and I really like the illustration. I'd be like, okay, this is great. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm going to get it. Uh, or if there is a coffee shop that I really like. At the same time, if there is this amazing deal in the supermarket and I'm just not feeling like carrying stuff, I'd be like, oh, fuck it, I don't want it. Um, mm, so, interesting. so that's that. I, yeah. I kind of, wait, what do your parents <coughs> do, your parents do? My dad does uh, like shipping, but he's an engineer by uh, education. And uh, my mom used to be a dry cleaner's manager. Uh, and now she actually wants to requalify into a yoga coach, Ooh. which is pretty crazy. I was gonna just ask. Well, like, we um... have a, we have a pretty like uh, classic kind of Ukrainian household situation of like uh, man works, uh, woman take takes care of the house. Like that's how it it used to be overwhelmingly. But as in when I was a kid, they lived together with my grandpa and granddad, so it was like two families in the same like tiny home. And I oh, wow. I didn't have money for like nappies, so like we'll have to, um, we'd have to literally when we would go to like someone else's house to like show off, we would buy a pair like one of nappies and like wash them over and over. What's a nappy? Uh, like Pampers. Oh, what? Yeah, okay. yeah. We didn't we didn't have those, um. But yeah, so it was like like dirt dirt poor. But like everyone was kind of like that. Uh, even though we had a very high social status because of like education and stuff, there was like no money. No one had any money. Um, really? Yeah. Wait, were they frugal on purpose or frugal because they ha- were frugal? As in, there was no savings or anything like that. It was just that oh, no, one wow. had, no one had money. It was right after, so I was born four years after the Soviet Union fell apart and the economy wow. was like in, in nowhere in the 90s. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. Um, I, I have a similar story. I mean, my my dad took care of my mom, so my mom didn't work. She took care of me, of course. But um, I know, like growing up, it was definitely like challenging. I remember, like my parents when Christmas it was challenging for her, obviously. I know I'm a mess. Um, my parents one Christmas, like we had no Christmas presents because we couldn't afford any. So I had a cardboard box, and I remember, like I wanted a dollhouse, but they we couldn't afford any. So I would make a cardboard dollhouse, and that's when I started my YouTube channel. I make tutorials about how to make dollhouses out of cardboard, and it's still. On YouTube, you can find it, I think. But I feel like ever since then, I learned how to be scrappy. Like, I don't need much to start something. Um, for example, like, I started a full-on – like, this was last year, but I started, like, a subscription box business for a few brands I was working with because it was just a fun idea. And literally, like, I feel like most people need capital to start up. Like, I literally just did it myself. And I feel like that's also a struggle because it's not always good to be scrappy and, like, cut corners. But, like, definitely, um, whenever you were mentioning, like, finding a deal and stuff i'm like full on opposite where like if something's 20 dollars, i'm gonna figure out how to make it like 10 dollars. <laughs> yeah i i think i think that's actually super useful um but i just don't like operate like that i don't know um i was always like a kid that has like no idea what's going on that was me like i wouldn't look like i don't know like i don't know how much this is like i don't know i would just be doing like that's... my own stuff um, <clears throat> Maxi boo, like and stuff. Max, 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 where'd you go? I'm here. Max, okay, I'm there here. you go. <clears throat> All right, so no, like you were saying, it cut off. So you were saying that when you grew up, you didn't necessarily have that in mind. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, my, my laptop timed out. Um, yeah, I, I was saying like when I was growing up, I I wasn't this kind of kid. I was kind of like just weird, running around like making everyone <laughs> laugh, like making everyone angry. I was never uh, kind of a big commerce guy. Like that that hasn't really been my thing, and probably it's not mm. my thing now. Still, it's probably something that is more of an of an interest rather than a um a passion. I see. Well, yeah. If you could be doing, okay, I was like, uh, I'm reading currently a book about productivity. What book are you currently reading right now? Or are you reading anything right now? Okay, I, I, are you a reader? Yes, I am. You are? Because I've been like really kind of debating that. So so five years ago, I started, uh, probably seven years ago, I started reading books like religiously. And that mm-hmm. has like completely changed my life uh, for the better. And I've been trying to persuade like people to read but a lot of people don't like books because the like school education system like knocked that love out of them because you get tests on books and that kind of creates a bad yeah. um, psychological trigger. But I wonder like yeah. do you learn from books? Like after you read a book, like how much do you learn compared to like a video or something like that? Oh my god. Astronomical. No, like I am um, the last book I read is because I knew I was gonna onboard a team of seventeen this summer. So I wanted to read a book about management. This book is called The Making of a Manager by Julia Zhao way more impactful than any video I've ever watched ever. It was only $20. I'd rather do a book than a course, to be honest. It's way more impactful. Wow. And and then how do you um I just actually I was I was watching this interview with uh, some dude who is a billionaire from Kazakhstan and you don't you don't need to know like how I stumbled upon that. But he was he was <laughs> saying that he had three types of bookmarks for the books that he that he reads one is for stats and useful information one is for crazy ideas and then one is for actionable things that he can implement and his rule is like after he put that like red um bookmark for the actionable things he has to do it the next day so he puts it in his yeah. notepad the next day he has to do that thing and i feel like oh, I, I haven't that. really I been that. able to do that when, when i read i'm really? just kind of like i'm just gonna read this in case if ever i'm gonna i'm a boxer like what if I'm a boxer? Like, I need to know the biography of, like, this boxer. Like, who knows? Really? I feel like, for yeah. me, I read books that are currently happening to me. Like, that's the thing is also, like, I don't enjoy to read. So because of that, I only can read books when I have to apply it, which I think is helpful because then I would never read it just to enjoy. I have to read to take action. So, for example, um, it's really bad. Do not copy me. I, this is really dangerous. Please do not copy me. But I was driving and reading at the same time. <laughs> and at the same time, I was taking notes <laughs> was driving but it's because i wanted to it's because i know it's because i was wanted to save the idea in my head so i could take action i probably should not share that do not copy me please it's not safe but yeah okay wow well yeah i can yeah co- copy me guys it's fine i just read before bed um i actually wait, strongly wait. dislike driving anywhere really strongly i'm a huge fan of public transport and then obviously in london the oh, car is maybe a massive that's a US, yeah so like I never needed to, but honestly, like the idea of having this task of like, are you showing me your muscles? Okay, like <laughs> if, if we're doing this, like if I start showing my muscles, like okay, <laughs> like let's not let's not, let's not do that. Let's... Oh, Max, stop! Please, okay, please stop okay. taking off your clothes. All right, fine, fine. I just thought I'd I'd just um, <laughs> experiment before my OnlyFans. Uh, I'd try it out yeah. on you and see if there's <laughs> consumer demand. Max, you were literally oh, yeah. naked okay. on the podcast. Muscles, wait, hold on. Are you seeing my? Are you seeing them? Are you? Are uh, you okay. actually seeing them though? Oh my god. Okay. Anyways. 
So, so for you, people who don't see, I'm saying a piece of meat try to flex. Can, can, can you can you describe? Can you just describe this bat? Just describe it to the listeners. <laughs> it looks like um, it kind of looks, it looks like, like a look like <laughs> like. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, never, I don't know. I, kinda... I never ever do. Okay, it's it's fine. It's fine. Should I put my uh, my underwear back on? No. Oh, <laughs> wait. What? <laughs> Don't get it. Okay, just keep going. My turn. No, <laughs> what is this podcast? But, but you're kind of half naked already, to be honest. How, how? I'm literally wearing jeans and a shirt. Okay. You are the naked one. Okay, let's keep going though, because it's kind of funny. Um, this podcast is not supposed to be at all inappropriate. I really so- I apologize for Max's sudden urge to get naked. It's not my, you know, responsibility. So. It's okay. It's just um, as as I said when I was uh, my dad was away a lot for work, so obviously I'm not brought up pr- properly. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, such a sad, sad. Yeah, I just want to make you make you even more uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I was showing you my muscles, and then you decided to just take your shirt off. But before we did that, we were talking a little bit about um, reading books and how we learn. And um, yeah. you know, I was going to ask if you were currently reading any book right now. Is there any books that you recommend to the viewers? Um, th- for sure. Uh, I recommend um this book called Made to Stick, which is an old book. Uh, but I'm reading it now because I'm I'm doing a project of like educational videos that that have to be watched um, by people that wouldn't necessarily watch them. So I'm just looking at like what's a story that sticks, um, like what's a what's a visual that sticks, and the, the book really kind of describes uh, what makes people remember stuff, what makes people watch. Wait, stuff. what's it called? Um, Ooh, what's it called? Made Made to Stick. It's really good. Ooh, give me some tips. How do I become more memorable? I want to be relevant. Right, so I'm I'm just gonna go through principles, right? So so these dudes, uh, actually, I just assumed these were dudes. I'm not sure who the author is. Chip Heath and Dan Heath. The book is made to stick, and they basically say that there are six principles to a story or basically any communication that sticks. Sticks meaning it will be remembered and reproduced, so we'll get word of mouth and so on. So principle one is simplicity. Uh, principle two is unexpectedness. Principle mm. three is concreteness principle four is credibility principle five is emotions and principle six is uh, stories so so it basically means that anything you communicate has to have a story form and i think the others are kind of self-evident um wait so is this an order no these are in no particular order um okay so it's just like it's kind of like a checklist of these three things. I think wow. probably for me, like simplicity is huge. Yeah. And emotions, emotions and unexpectedness. I think unexpectedness is is underrated. I agree. Like people, I I I definitely agree. Um, I'm not sure how you're applying this. Are you trying to apply this for your presentation, or how are you trying to use this book in your day to day life? Uh, you mean this particular book, or just in general? Yeah, this book. Um, how does this apply to your life right now and projects you're working on? Yeah, so so I mean, I'm, I'm doing a series of uh, like educational videos for TikTok of and and. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot your idea didn't stick. Oops. <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> sorry, I forgot because you said that before, but I forgot it. It didn't stick. In, oh in my yeah. Brain. Okay. Well, that well, that's great. <laughs> it didn't stick. That's int- oh my god. Of course, it didn't stick <laughs> because I didn't act. Upon- oh, that's funny. That's so funny, Jay. <laughs> 
Oh God, Jay. Um, but yeah, so I'm just kind of thinking about those principles um, when I when I make stuff, and I mean it's kind of self evident sometimes, but sometimes you kind of because it's I guess because it's interesting to you, you kind of assume that it's going to be interesting to other people, and um, obviously that's not the case. Yeah, I think unexpectedness is something that I'm trying to work on too. It's like. How do you be unpredictable, but pre- but predictable enough where people have something to want to tune into? I think that's definitely. I'm curious to know when you finish the book, your takeaways, because that's something I'm really curious about. I mean, for for example, right with Clemenco um, agency. So one <clears throat> of the things that um, that I've been hearing from clients is why do I have watermelon uh, in my logo? They're like, okay, but why the watermelon? Why the watermelon? Why the watermelon? And before before the current logo, the logo was kind of ugly. Um, no offense to the previous designer if he's listening. Um, but I think that kind of element of like, you know, why is it there? Or um, it doesn't have to be like a major plot twist of like, okay, guys, uh, I became a woman <laughs> yesterday. Like, it doesn't have to be that. Like, it can be something that is kind of super simple. Like in your corporate videos, uh, having a a what like cracking a watermelon in the beginning of every video. It's like why Ooh. is an agency doing that? Why are you doing that? Or instead of Ooh. water, having watermelon juice in the meeting and being like, okay, um, we only have watermelon juice uh, or nothing. Ooh. Like you know, just 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 stuff like that. Stuff like that. I really like that stuff. Mm. Wait, can you think one for me? Can you like think of something quirky I can do for my company? What what is describe your company? So X8 Media, we make YouTube channels for brands. Um, if, I love if your company, Okay, actually, let, let's let's do this now because uh, someone did that with me recently and it really helped, uh, okay. which is if your company walks into your room right now and it's a person, mm-hmm. describe that person to me. Wow. Okay. Uh, X8 like Media. Everything. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the best way I can describe it is someone that is a little bit... <laughs> A little bit bipolar <laughs> because like, <laughs> because like someone who's very, very uh, playful, energetic, but very uh, serious down to earth. The brand is very, very modern, but still a little bit nostalgic in a way. Like we try to fuse trends, but also like basic principles together. And that's why they're a little bit bipolar um, and a little bit weird and crazy. In regards to like what they'd be wearing, I feel like they'd be wearing a very like minimalistic color palette with like a pop of color. Like it's kind of very like contrasty because I'm a very like um, temperamental person, to be honest, but that's not what I want the brand to be. I more want it to be like, how do you combine two things that don't belong into something that's beautiful? Whether it's, you know, why we combine YouTube with, um, you know, creating educational entertainment, right? Like something that's mm-hmm. a little bit more like, why is I here? But like on a YouTube channel or for example, combining trends, like for example, um, a lot of brands feel like they can't, you know, you do like the DM challenge. But what if you made that educational? Um, so stuff like that, like that's kind of the messaging. Yeah, so I mean, the, the thing that came to my mind was like a typewriter, but using a typewriter in like a very modern way. Uh, I'm, <gasps> I'm not sure how to call it. It, it can be, it can be even a sound. For example, combining a notification sound with a typewriter sound to combine the kind of the modern and the old in in kind of every corporate communication you have to have a little still that pops on in like two seconds, and then it has that typewriter thing combined with like, like an Instagram notification, something like that. I like that. That's really cool. I don't even think about sounds. That's really interesting. Sounds are like massively yeah. underrated. Massively. Like yeah. I think in, in branding and stuff, since this is the recent brand pod- podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think sounds are going to be super important. And like I already see that behavior in um, in companies like HBO, Netflix, and so on. Like they really care about sound. 
McDonald's wow. cares about sounds. Nike cares about sounds. So obviously wow. they know what they're doing. What is your sound? I'm actually recording it this weekend. Um, it's going to be a watermelon crack. Like but a- I have to get a juicy one. Yeah, but I'm going like to a- actually record it myself. Yeah. So that I have the mm-hmm. rights. So it's going to look. But I don't want it to be what? like. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know. What's your, like, what's your personal sound, though? Like, Max, like, not the company, but like, if you were a sound, what would you be? Like, do it right now. Oh, like or, my, or it would be my, I do this a lot. I do this a lot. Since I was a kid, I thought I was Simba when I was a kid for like two years. I actually didn't know that I was a human. Um, do you want to so, hear my yeah, sound? Do you want to hear my sound? Do you want to hear my? Do you want to hear my sound? Go for it. Oh, it's like a kettle. <laughs> yeah. Wait. 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 Watch. Oh my god! What'd you do that with? Yeah, people always ask like how I do that. Does it work? <laughs> you sound like a mouse. <laughs> you sound like a mouse. I sound like a kettle. By the way, in that in that book that I uh, mentioned uh, in a previous episode, "Ride of a Lifetime" by Bob Iger, the ex ex CEO of Disney, he they talked about how. Um, before Disney acquired Pixar, Pixar was basically telling them about their projects. And uh, they were like, well, uh, there is this cartoon, this animation that uh, that we're making, uh, animated film. And it's about a rat that uh, becomes a chef. And uh, the... Ratatouille, <laughs> Ratatouille. And, and the board of Disney at the time was like, what the fuck? Like, are we actually acquiring this? Like, are you serious? This is a joke. Like, this is not going to work. But obviously the cartoon is bad. <clears throat> what what's up? Why are you doing that? Why why are you um, <laughs> You don't Those like other you don't like that cartoon. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, I I love Ratatouille, my favorite movie. Um okay, Max, my last question for this podcast. Let's see how long we are going. Okay, we're going for a good. This is going good. 40 minutes. Guys, make sure you uh like this podcast and give it five stars. I really appreciate your guys' shares and comments. Um, okay, don't say that because okay, you don't have to put five stars. What if it's a four stars podcast? You don't want fake feedback. Um if you hate this, put one star and it's and it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. Here, guys, if you're going to leave five, four stars, leave it for Max and five stars for me. Um, make sure I'm five stars, though. So I understand if you think Max is not as like, good of a host. Like, I understand. So, yeah, you guys can do that. Well, I'm the one that's not wearing clothes in here. <laughs> what so, does that mean, Max? <laughs> how, how, how far are you going to go for the, for the pot? How far are you going to go for the views? Tell me. Okay, so what do you want me to do? Dare me to do something? Um, how about... Uh, get on your surfboard board right now, okay. and do like okay. a um, and do what you what comes to mind when I when I say a Ukrainian dance. Whatever comes to mind when I say Ukrainian dance. Can't dance. What are you? Why are you? Why are you sitting on it like that? Wait, 
Why are you sitting on it like that? What are you? <laughs> is this how you usually? Okay. All right. That was inappropriate. That was so inappropriate. That was actually so inappropriate just now. Oh my god. You have to sprinkle some holy water on that surfboard now. Oh my god. Do you not get the point of surfing? You're supposed to sit on like sit on it so you can catch a wave. No, the only thing I see is like videos on TikTok with a guy going like woohoo, woohoo. That's it. Alright guys, like, so sorry that Max is just so Sorry that sorry that Jade is just so strict with the rules here. Like <laughs> No Max, I just want to make you like no, I'm joking. Like Max, you actually are such a good co-host and I'm so thankful to just have a conversation and share it to the world. Like you're actually awesome. You you're you're awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, can yeah. never be serious. Wait. Okay guys, she she made she made like a fake she made like a fake smile thing to let me know that she doesn't mean it just now. No! Just yes! let everyone know. Oh my god. Okay. Um, my last question for you. Actually, I've been asking all the questions. Why don't you ask something to me? Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Well, because you constantly interrupt and it's impossible to say anything in, on this show. <laughs> but yeah, actually, talking about like unexpected stuff. Uh, uh you know Gary V. Yeah, I do. And, uh, and like, you know, he has a podcast and he has this habit of, like, interrupting people. Yes, he's so annoying. Uh, <gasps> so so for, for some time, he for some time he branded his podcast as Interrupted by Gary Vee. Really? That I thought was really cool. Because he took, like, a negative and then owned it. Uh, but then people didn't want to come on and he changed it back. Wait, but yeah, so... Um, it's kind of funny. So asking you a question. Okay. Um, this is going to be a question that's really relevant to me now. And this is actually going to be a really interesting, um, I think, point from you, potentially, because I think you do it well. So uh, right now I am facing this um, kind of this dilemma, right, of like how to position my agency. So um, I'm trying to kind of reach the, the most, you know, the biggest clients with like the biggest budgets and like the most interesting work. Um, so that's what I'm doing. And this is partially why the rebrand so that it doesn't look amateur like that's part of the idea so um mm. i want to do that at the same time i want to be really clear with people about like what stage the agency is at what stage my expertise is at what i'm struggling with so i want to be able to just go on like um, a video and say okay guys like i really don't know what i'm doing with this particular thing or damn my freelancers are fucking stupid and i it's just oh. ridiculous like how does anyone pay them and stuff like that or um guys today has been a bad day or you know, and kind of to show some of the behind the scenes yeah. um, that and but I think what if the client's going to see yeah, that and be like, OK, this is such an amateur. This is such an amateur agency. So I wonder what are your thoughts on that? Because I kind of know what I want to do and I want to be super transparent. But at the same time, I don't want to scare people off. You know, this is a really interesting question, because when you're the founder and the personal brand, um, your company's rep like, you know, on the backs of your personal brand. So the reason why my answer to this is kind of, so personally for me, I've, I've went through this because here's the thing, clients only discover you through your personal brand. Think about it, right? Like, yeah, sure, you can do cool email, but like when they find your videos, they, they essentially watch you for your work and that's your value, which is not ideal, but that's what's, this is honestly in the beginning. They work with Max, not because of Max Comment Co, Comment and Co, because of you, right? Um, and 
I mean, there's a, my recommendation is you can share the journey with your audience, mm-hmm. but you can't do it at the same time as when you're working with a client project. For example, I went on my YouTube, you know, recently to talk a little bit about like transparency and where my company's at um, financially. I think I even said this podcast, I went to zero last year, but I would never in the moment last year say I'm actually at zero. So you can always like, like you could probably, you know, wait, you just have to wait. That's my recommendation. Just wait maybe three months until that fire's over. And then you can talk to your audience about it. I personally think, and I honestly haven't figured mm-hmm. out either. I haven't figured it out. But if you wait a little bit, it allows the client to be like, oh, it's in the past. I don't have to worry now. If you say it, like, for example, this client was a shithole and you're still working with them at the time, obviously that's not a good idea. So if you wait like a month after the project's over or like even another year, sometimes you can still share with your audience. There's just a little bit of a delay. Honestly, I haven't been able to figure it out completely, but that's my solution. Yeah. Uh, just to, just to follow up on that, what about um, kind of, because, you know, there's always an element of like fake it till you make it, right? Uh, to some extent, because yeah. if, if, if you're not faking anything, then it means like you're taking on work that is super comfortable and like you're probably not growing. Like, what are you doing if you're not faking at least some of the expertise? Like you have mm-hmm. to be kind of shooting a bit higher than... Um, than where you're at now so like i remember one of the pitches i um and that was like some time ago i kind of positioned myself as a mini studio um and uh obviously mini studio is is just me there was no studio there was nobody else Uh, but i was like yeah yeah you know like we do it all the time all the time and um and uh i kind of went my 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 laptop timed out again what the hell my god can you hear me yeah i can hear you Okay, I'm back. I'm back so quickly. I'm back yeah, so quickly. You're good. You're good. That's awesome. Keep going. Hello. Yeah, keep going. So you were saying that your mini studio. Hello. Yeah, my laptop went to sleep again, but now it's back. Okay. Yeah, so I positioned myself as as a mini studio, and I wasn't a mini studio, and it kind of worked. So I'm just thinking, like, in the future, if I put out kind of more information, then people are going to be able to fact check that. And in the past, I've managed to pull that off because I can I can do the work of a mini studio without actually having the facade of one, exactly. but being actually useless. So, so I wonder, like, I wonder how to how to resolve this. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, honestly, I'm the worst person to ask the other side because I do exactly the same thing. Um, I'm pretty sure I have pitched pitch decks that aren't mine. I've uh, told people that I know someone and I didn't and I probably have sold things I haven't th- thought I could do <laughs> and and the reason why <laughs> before people get mad before people get mad before people get mad I think part of marketing uh-huh. is you know say for example if you were selling a software company don't do that like don't say you can do something if you, you would get, literally get in trouble if you're selling software trust me that my dad's a data scientist like he can't do that if you're selling, for example, yeah. uh, a product, blood, 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 yeah, tests. blood samples, yes, please, uh, please don't do that for blood samples. You're like a life is at risk. But for marketing, the one blood has been done before. Okay, the the fake blood samples company was like the the whole thing behind the bad blood and like Elizabeth Holmes, okay. Theranos stuff. So right. like it's been done. It's been done. If you're gonna lie to people and be a massive fraud, at least find a white space where there hasn't been fraud before. Okay, sorry, keep going. <laughs> so for marketing, right? Marketing, especially digital, t- it's the one that adapts to change the most wins. So in that case, there's no expert. If you know something really well, it's all like it's absolutely in the next month, right? So I almost think for if you're a marketing agency focused, it's you have a little bit of leeway 
you still need to be honest with people. You can't say you deliver projects if you genuinely can't, but it doesn't mean you can learn along the way. For example, say you're not a mini studio because you don't have people. In three months, you might have a team. And that's not a lie. It's just a future truth. So I always do future truths when they are in a timeline that's actually manageable. I've done that so many times where I didn't have, I just acquired, um, I work with a design agency because I can't design things, but I've took on projects where they ask, can you do a logo? I said, yes. And I didn't have anyone to do it, but I figured it out along the way because I was talking to people. So like part of me is like, there's a, there's a boundary, right? Mm. I would never say I could do a logo if I didn't have people I was talking to, but I also yeah, know I would have a challenge. So I don't know, for me, I'm on the opposite end where I kind of do it too much where I need to be more maybe scale back but for marketing I think you have a little bit of that leeway because everything changes so fast yeah okay I really want to ask a follow-up yeah. uh, right okay so I mean this is great because it's, it's getting quite tactical right so so it's gonna help the audience hopefully um one thing that I've been kind of obsessed about um is like figuring out what size what part of the pie of like the whole process of like brand um wanting brand wants to launch a product okay so what i what i'm thinking launch a product or a service or awareness whatever i'm thinking like okay there's this huge pie so many brands so many products so many services which piece of is mine like which piece i'm going for and if you figure out the piece that you're going for then you have to look at all the other pieces and be like, that's not for me. So even though you like the pie and all you like is pie, you have to find your piece and, and then say no to to other yeah. stuff. But I, I've been really struggling to do that because people would be like, oh, do you do this? I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, I know that that's chipping away from the clarity that I had for the, for the initial business offer and it's making me like, I can do this, this and that. And in there, I cannot compete with the big players because they actually can do so much. Oh, yeah. So in variety, there is no way that I can compete. I don't want to compete on price. So the only thing I can compete on is like having a laser focus. Uh, but I've been struggling because obviously I'm, I'm looking for clients and I'm looking for um, like more work, different work to like test myself and um, kind of learn also. So I've been struggling to say like, okay, thank you very much. I'm really flattered that, uh, that you think that I'd be a good fit. We just don't do that yet. Um, but this company does like this agency does and I, I i know that they're good like that's kind of my ideal version but right now what i do is um yeah sure yeah i'll do it no problem um so you know i think you have your answer was your question just like how is my take on it or what's your question what's my question yeah because i feel like you have your answer i have my answer but at the same time um especially when you are new and when there is an interesting company, it's really hard to say no. My question is, uh, should you say no? Or or should you should you bend yourself and bend your business proposition uh, in order to take on more work that is potentially going to lead to the thing that you actually want to do? You know, this is a good question. If it's a bigger company, you know, like, so honestly, now I'm going to be very hypocritical and give my other flip side you want to help someone and like for example if it's tick max can you hear me hello max max yeah yeah okay yeah you want to help someone right you really want to help someone and if you're confident in your expertise and deliver it if you're not confident in another skill I would say if it's a big company, you want to have a, if typically you want to have a long-term relationship, you want the project to be as less of a risk as possible. 
because then it will succeed and then they're going to give you more mm. projects. I have made a mistake mm. where I got greedy and I said yes to everything. I couldn't do it. It blew up and it ruins your reputation. Reputation's everything. What when you, what do you say when you say blew up? Can you describe like I said okay. What for example? I am the specialist. I I mean I can say this confidently. Like I know YouTube organic very well in the back of my hand. I don't know paid YouTube ads, but I thought it was the same thing. I didn't know better at this time. I offered it as a service, blew up. I blew budget, didn't make any ROI on the company. They got mad. Of course. Mm, I spent $10,000 on them and I didn't know how to do it because I did organic really well. It's beautifully executed, but ads fucked up and now they don't trust me. And it was my fault because it's not like I had intention to take money from it. It's just, I thought it was the same thing and it's not. So I remember in this case, this is what I would do. Have your entree, but also have your dessert. You can offer it, but add it at a lower cost or lower risk and just be clear with them. Like, this is not what I offer, but I could add on to it and don't make it part of the full-on package and solution. It could be an add-on. So there's less risk if you want to take onto it, but you need to know your entree because your dessert can always mm-hmm. be added. So if it's a big company, don't risk it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, make the project as small and successful as possible. It will take you longer. Uh, it'll, 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 it'll get you farther along because if you're successful in a smaller package and they'll trust you with bigger projects. Honestly, walk before you run type thing. Um, and I know I'm like, I contradicted my advice from before, but like there's a balance to it. I mean, that's the meaning of good advice is you committing that mistake and then telling, telling me what's, what are your learnings? Right. I mean, so, so that's perfectly good. It's not fun. Yeah. I remember that, that it was pretty recent too. It was like four months ago. The client just kind of had a discussion with me saying, Hey, Jay, why is there money out of my bank account that with no ROI? And I couldn't respond and I dropped them. I, they were actually interested to keep working with me, but I had to fire myself. And sometimes you have to do that. You know, what's best for the client. So you have to fire yourself. And I did that. And I found more clients along the way. But yeah, sometimes what's best for the client is actually not working with you. Like if you know, like I actually can't help you with this. Don't even try. Like I've done that before. People ask me for paid ads and I know better not to offer it anymore. <laughs> um, I, could, I could always learn it, but I would never charge them a part of my main package. Got it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. I'm going to eat my last. <laughs> I have a question for you, Max. Yeah. I've still got some cereal left. What's the question? So lately, I've been like, I've been having problems like breathing. <laughs> should I put my, <laughs> should I put my t-shirt back on? <laughs> You're so hot. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, I've been having issues breathing because like I worry. Like I think I, my dad's a worrier. And like, I feel like I acquired that skill, but a worrier is not a bad thing. Like I worry about projects not happening. I think that I won't have money tomorrow. I think things are going to blow up. So I'm, I'm very proactive, but I've been, I think very pessimistic lately and I can't, I basically overthink. Do you have that issue or are you more positive minded? Um, I, I would say that I'm like positive energy and especially somewhat like you and especially externally, like that's part of my my brand like I, that, that's me i'm always positive that's my thing and i'm an optimist for sure like i'm not a pessimist but at the same time yeah like overthinking is is some like if you think about spectrum of different things that you struggle with like i'm definitely more of an anxiety type of dude than like depression type of dude it's definitely more of like oh the future so many things what if this what if that or oh, i don't know uh oh. and uh, it's like usually the advice that people given that's really helped me is like wake up at the same time 
um, exercise and have a fatty breakfast. It's crazy how much how much that helps okay. with like racing thoughts and stuff. It's just like you have a really fatty breakfast in the morning and then it's all good. Another thing is there is a um, a book called uh, um, uh, oh my god, it's called the Worry Trick uh, or something like that. The, the Worry Trick or, or something, yeah. Uh, and also how to stop worrying and start living. Thank you. I, I think know. potentially by Dale Carnegie. Oh, yeah. Um, and that one's really good. I actually just gave it to my mom because she kept worrying about like coronavirus and stuff. Um, I would give it to my grandma because she worries a lot, but she's a grandma. So I feel like the grandma gene of worrying is, is unbeatable. Like yeah. that's it. She just worries that you have, you have had food and stuff like that. But I think for you, like, I mean, you do a lot of stuff and you, you, you judge yourself. I feel quite a bit uh, for, for for stuff and like to perform and things like that. So it's just a conversation with yourself. Like, I don't know, like the way, the way I have it is sometimes I just forgive myself. So I would, um, I don't know, I would do something wrong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do what I wanted to do or I'm moving too slow or mm. I'm not where I want to be. I would just go uh, and be like, like literally look in the mirror and be like, okay, so we've done that. Um, I, f- I forgive you for it. It's fine. It's fine. You did it because you wanted it. Whatever. It's done now. Now we're just gonna start fresh. But that's now gone. And sometimes it helps to like write it down if you beat yourself up for something or you think you overthink stuff. It's like you just have to let it go because you start worrying and then you get angry at yourself because you're worrying so much. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so dysfunctional. I worry too much. Yeah. And that's like the worst thing that you can do. Beat yourself up. So the best thing is like to do what you would do to a friend, which is like, okay, it's it's fine. Just. Thank you, Max. I will read that book. It sounds very, very much needed. But what's what's the... Has there been, like, a trigger? Yeah, I mean, so I'll give you guys a story. Maybe I'll cut this out because it's really personal. Not really personal. It's just, like, my dad might listen to it. My dad called me, like, a week ago. It, the worrying really was always happening, but recently it's been happening a lot. I got a new apartment, and it's a co-sign lease with my dad. The reason why I'm telling you this is because if I mess up or I burn the house down, my dad's credit score and like reputation's down. And we had a conversation and my dad basically said, like, you know, I think he comes from a good place where he's like, don't burn the house down. But then I took it so personally, like, I'm like, wow, I don't worry enough. Like I'm not I'm someone that doesn't care. I drop out of school, like, I literally don't care. Cause he he basically used the word saying, like, Jay, you don't care about anyone, you just do things for yourself. Like, do you understand by putting my name down on this lease, like how much responsibility you have? And I think I got a little scared because I'm like, maybe I don't worry enough. Maybe I just do things so selfishly for myself. And that's when everything started happening. Like I was worrying so much about like what other people thought. Like I don't, I don't give a fuck typically. And then recently I did. And I think it's ruining my productivity. And I don't know, like I, I got really nervous because of that situation. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't think I'm going to burn the house down, but like now a part of me is thinking like if I literally don't worry about it then it will happen that's my that's what the, my brain is thinking like I have to like control everything yeah I see what you mean I actually have burned a house down before <laughs> um like literally so I've, I've had that experience eight years ago I was uh I was throwing a new year's party with my friends and a friend of mine wanted to eat some potatoes. Oh my. And then I decided to fry some potatoes for him. So I poured a shit ton of uh, oil into a pan. And then I, I I was otherwise occupied for some time. Um, and then I come back and there is this just smoke all over the first floor. <laughs> and uh, my, fr- my friend goes, 
I'm going to cover it with a carpet. I go like, what a fucking idiot. Like, you're going to burn a carpet because the pan has caught on fire. And then now I can see it in slow-mo. Then another friend of mine runs in with a bottle of water and just pours water over burning oil. And if you do that, you burn the house down. And then this, like, huge, like, pile of, like, fire just, like, rises up, throws us all, like, away and, like, separates us like this. I remember looking at his face. And, like, the fire was here, and then I could see, like, his face just going going that way and me going that way. And then there was just a, a lot of fire. Everything is still on fire. And I look at the ceiling, and it's all black. All the walls are black. The fucking AC is on fire. And I just go, oh, my fucking God. Then my friend just throws the pan out of the window, and it was, like, heavily snowing. So it just really satisfyingly lands in the pile of snow. Like, Shh. And then I look at it, and literally, at that second, my mom calls me. And she asks, how's it going? And I'm looking at this, like, burnt, burnt room. And all my friends, like, eyebrows burnt, like, shit like that. And I go, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then I, I try to mobilize ourselves to clean it. But it's like, shit's burnt. Like, you can't clean something that's burnt. And I remember I was yelling at my friend, like, you fucking burned it, so clean this. And he's scrubbing it, but it's burnt. Like, <laughs> you know, it's... This is your house. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was. It was an it was an interesting uh, conversation. Well, first my parents were happy that I wasn't uh, dead, like no one was injured. Um, um. Then uh, I just had to find kind of someone who's gonna fix it for like. In the end, it wasn't that expensive. Like it wasn't so. In the end, it wasn't that expensive. Like if you burn your house down in that way. Like, nothing too bad is going to happen, so don't worry about it. It's just mostly, like, scrubbing off, like, replacing some, some like, you know, repainting and stuff like that. So don't worry about it. Um, but they were happy that I was alive. So, I mean, they always knew that I was an idiot and all my friends are idiots. Like, that's not that's not big news. So, like, what can you do with a person like that? Okay, so I hope I, do that. I don't do that in my but yeah. And thank you for sharing. Maybe. But, yeah. Maybe it's, like, living proof that everything will, ever, if, even if the worst thing happens, you'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you said about, like, you worrying about this. You think it's going to, like, bring it into fruition because you're thinking about it. Um, But also, like, I, like one thing that not many people think about with these things is, like, you're a creative person, right? Yeah. You, you get a lot of benefits from being that way because your mind is racing. That's precisely why. Yeah. You, you get some of the things that other people don't get and they don't understand what it's like you know to have a, a brain that like goes that fast like always thoughts always ideas like mm. stuff like that an ideator a creative ideator but at the same time there is a price to pay because if your brain is racing to create a good idea it's also racing to create a bad idea oh. so sometimes it's like okay my brain is just like that if i put it and i put it to use to do something good it's gonna race for me but also, when something bad comes up, it is also going to raise for me. And that's just the price that you pay you... For, for being creative and providing value to the world. It's just like, you know, you have a harder time sometimes with things um, because of that gene. Could I just give it a break? Like, every day I understand. But like, once a week, I'm like, brain, just shut the fuck up. Can I do that? Or have you, you don't think it's possible to turn off and on? I mean, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's possible. Like it, it certainly helps. Like writing stuff down is is a is a helpful thing, 
So um, I think you can look up uh, kind of what Tim Ferriss does I with like five minute journal and like pages and I shit really like that. I have been so stressed lately that I have to clock it. I'm not joking. I'll show you in my calendar. I have to clock it every 3 p.m. I have to write something I'm grateful for or else I will literally burst into a panic attack. So I've been like drawing, <laughs> I've been drawing bodies, human bodies, because it's just fun. But like, I have to like do this activity every 3 p.m. or else like I will go berserk. So I think it's helping. This activity is actually really fun, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I when I'm stressed, I go to Tana's uh, OnlyFans that I bought in the previous episode. So, um, and then and then and then I do what I do best: manual labor. What we do for next? Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so what should we do for the next week's episode? But wait, what? The cereal? Hang on. The oh, cereal. Yeah. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. I'm actually I'm eating it from a cup because I have no uh, clean dishes. Okay, on three. One, two, three. three.